is my raving theme song made by Brian over here. It used to have me talking at the end, and it was awful. And now it's much better. Cool. We are here with Ramin Nazer. Hi. I'm allowed to talk, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. I have no format. So oh, cool. I love it. We do whatever the fuck we want. Um, he is from the Rainbow Brain Skull podcast. Uh, also my favorite artist on Instagram. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I've than... caught myself going real far back. And I'm like, this guy's going to think I'm a fucking creep. But your art, like, speaks to me. Like, oh, those I are love my favorite. It. I love it. Do you have books? You make... Uh... I should have brought you some. I was running out the door, and it didn't occur to me. And maybe it did occur to me a little bit, but I was just too much in, in a rush. But I need to get you some books if yes, you haven't fuck seen yeah. them yet. I love it. And then I might you... have one in the car. Actually, if there's one in the car, you get to have it. But if there's not in the car, then another day, friend. Are you available to be commissioned? For I mean, would you? Of course. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I'm, got... I'm super scrappy. Okay. Hell yeah. Because there's a t-shirt. I need merch. And I've just been waiting for the artist to come in that is supposed to make it. And then I look at your art all the time and I'm like, this is who it is. This yeah. Is that's like half of my income is doing just random jobs for things. And then the other half is from book sales on my website. I and, love it. Uh, Tell everybody what your website is. We'll do that at the It's beginning just my name, com or rainbowbrainskull.com. It's a site with all my drawings and books and animations and apps and things like that. And uh, I guess I, I want to keep talking about it, but I don't have anything else to say about okay. it. So I'm <laughs> like, uh, and and, and uh, I, I need to be more stoic and just be one of those short answer people more. Just be like, yeah, rainbowbrainskull.com. I'm yeah. cool. I'm not one of those. I say a lot of, yeah, so it's going to be really cool. Like, I <laughs> just drift off into that. The cool thing about this podcast, uh, we can wander wherever we want, and I edit the fuck out of everything. Thank goodness for um, Chef Boyardee. So that I can be long-winded. Oh, so where I found you was, um, and a lot of people who listen to this podcast will appreciate because they were the ones sending me Tom Campbell, Tom Campbell, Tom Campbell. And I didn't get to get super far into it because I can only do everything in 15-minute increments right now. But when I looked up a Tom Campbell podcast, yours is the one that popped up. And so then I started looking into you, and then I got very excited, and then I saw that you were friends with Abby, who's one of my closest friends. Abby Rosenquist, yeah. shout out. And so I was like, Abby, I don't know why I thought you were in New York, though, but I was like, Abby, uh, are you friends with him? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, can you tell him I'm cool? And she was like, sure, what is it that you want to do? And then I was like, oh, I don't have a really good answer to that. Be friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't even think she reached out to me. I need to I, check. I don't want to no, throw her under the bus, but I don't she think she it. said shit. Because I wouldn't give her an answer. She was like, well, what, just tell me what you want. But at the time, this was the recovery podcast uh, uh, that was way back in season one in June. And so I hadn't pivoted yet. And so I didn't have a real good answer yet for the question. I was just like, I don't know. Be part of my soul tribe. Uh, Done. I don't. Cool. Perfect. I think we already are, and yeah. like this is just the first time we've met in this uh, round of playing things, but when, when the veil is unveiled at the end of this incarnation, I think it'll be apparent that like, oh shit, yeah, that was planned out that we were supposed to meet on July 15th or whatever the date today yeah. is. Yeah. Is it the 15th? Fuck, I gotta catch a plane in a day. Are you looking forward to it, or is it one of those... I mean, I guess you wouldn't say on here if you're not looking forward to that date, but... I hate stand-up, if I'm being honest. I do not get out of stand-up what other people get out of stand-up. Did you used to? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, way back in the 90s when I first started it, but then I quit for a long time, and I have quit comedy 
more than I've done comedy. <laughs> but what Aaron and I do is kind of a live podcast, but we don't record it. You know, it's just kind of like us. Uh, it's a it's a fresh thing every single time we sit down on the stage together. We tell stories. We play off of each other. We talk to the audience and stuff. That I love. That's a lot of fun. But um, comedy for me, I like to tell sad stories. I like to see like how 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 sad and raw I can make a story and still get away with it. And so that's fun. But then, you know, when you're a professional comic, you don't get to... Like last night I was at Chatterbox. Have you done Chatterbox? Where? In Boise? No, in uh, Covina. Oh, Steve, uh, Steve Hernandez's, Hernandez's show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I did a story that was like super sad about animals I've killed on accident when I was a kid because my parents didn't love me. And then at one point, you know, I was like, oh, nobody liked me at this school and I, because I was weird and I was weird because I got molested at the last school. By your dad's, uh, your yeah. best friend's dad. Yep. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Was that all in that one episode? You better believe it. Holy shit. Isn't our, isn't our memory the funniest thing? Yeah. Like, we don't really know what we said or like what we put out there. And then I can take a whole bunch of like, it's like I've been researching you for a while, but I haven't really researched you for that long, but... I guess that's a that's a particularly salient one. I think like when you when you hear that one, like you build a whole story around it. You're like, yeah. you're, I'm painting the best friend. I'm painting the 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 dad and like the the whole. I mean, you go a lot of different ways with it, but it's one that like snaps out. It's like, oh man, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. I did spill quite a bit of information in that one episode. It's a good thing we pivoted because I uh, didn't have much left after that one. Every episode we recorded after that one, Brian's like, you know, you've told <laughs> you told all these stories <laughs> in episode one. <laughs> uh, I want to talk a little bit about. Your experience with reality and spirituality and kind of kind of your journey with that, if you want to get into that a little bit. Sure. Um, I don't really have a, a story with it. And I'm surprisingly, I've lived in a surprisingly stubborn, like Newtonian physics world of stuff. I don't have alien contacts. I have not had a near-death experience. Oh, damn. I have done psychedelics and DMT, I mean, we, which is the psychedelic, but it's like the you know, the, when when talking about psychedelics, that tends to be that, and ayahuasca and yeah. bofu or bofu, whatever the toad one is, tend to yeah. <laughs> be, like, seen as... It is all the same, like, uh, molecule, right? It's the same 5-MeO-DMT uh, or the one without the, 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 the... I can think of the shape of it, but I yeah. don't know the chemistry that well. But basically, it's the, all the same thing that it... It skyrockets you into hyperspace, which you were already there, and you become... It becomes apparent that this was more of a cartoon because the level of detail of this world is less than the level of detail in the hyperdimensional world. Because when right. you're watching a cartoon, you're like, oh, this is fun, but it's less detail. This real world has more detail. So right. that's why. And then when you go there, this one is, it's so clear that it's a cartoon, but not right now because we're we're back totally in it. Now it right. looks like this is real and it was my brain playing tricks. I'll just read Richard Dawkins and then forget about all that stuff. But Oh man, is that coming to an end? Like you, you see uh, people like Sam Harris or um, his his wife Annika Harris wrote a book called Conscious, and there basically everyone is kind of getting closer and closer to the panpsychism thing, where consciousness is is everywhere. So, yeah. um, and that's what you said this this podcast is centering around, right? The the ever accelerating nature of everythingness, the the novelty curve spike, the we all feel it like yeah a big one i guess was the 2016 election that like did a lot for people it's like oh we're in a cartoon donald trump is yeah uh, elected and then it it kind of gets 
it gets wilder and wilder and wilder till you get used to the wildness and then some more wild stuff happens and then it kind of uh it it folds back on itself and you you find yourself still just here in the moment thinking that it couldn't have possibly gotten stranger but yeah it is getting stranger kind of like when a dream gets so ridiculous you wake up cuz you're just like this is fucking oh yeah uh, i die ridiculous. in dreams all the time do you ever die in dreams i uh that's a good question I don't think so. A lot of like the anxiety. It's funny because I lost my teeth, you know, on meth. And those are um, great, by the way. Thank you. These are like someone fucking a dentist gave me these implants this year. I was um, I was actually like I didn't I didn't want to bring it up till you brought it up, but it's one of those things which since, since you mentioned it on another podcast, I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna look like those don't look like dentures at all, and they look no. really. These are implant supported dentures, so they like there's implants and then they click in and these are porcelain and shit. This is like top of the line stuff that I got as a result of uh gluing my lame ass dentures in on Burtcast and a dentist, Brady Smith in Portland, Oregon, saw it and then he had a podcast and then when I got there he's like, You want implants? And I was like, uh, fuck yeah. And these are the best things that ever happened to me. Cool. Dentures I had to glue in for like I don't know how long I had them. Uh, I was 28. So like 15 years, 12 years or something, gluing these dumb things in. Um, How do they feel? Do they feel these, better than normal teeth? Yeah, I would. Listen, I am pro pull your teeth out. Listen, if, teeth, <laughs> if your teeth suck even in the slightest, get them all pulled, get implants. Or like if, if you don't have the money for like straight up implants, this is fantastic. And there'll be no, now that there's like four implants on the top and four implants on the bottom, there'll be no like bone loss, any more bone mm. loss because the implants are in there. And then these look amazing. And then if they get worn out, I just go get new ones, but they're porcelain. So they're like essentially what veneers are and teeth suck. I mean, they say, if you have bad teeth, if you have soft teeth, if you're already getting fucking root canals and everything else, the thing that you're holding on to is this, this idea of status, right? And it's like people do so much shit for status rather than um, like what is actually best. So when I did This Is Not Happening and I remember comics being like, are you on the TV show or YouTube? And I remember just being like, who gives a fuck about the TV show? That's an idea in your head based on status, right? But do you think you go viral from a TV show that airs at midnight on Fridays? Yeah. No, you want YouTube, you know? I didn't even know there was a distinction. I forgot that was even a show. So uh, anyway, the, people are status. Yeah. Teeth are about status. It's about, uh, you know, like they don't people don't want to think about being able to take their teeth out. But teeth are bullshit. I mean, honestly, would you go would you go all the way with that? Like, let's say it's 2030. It's like, you know, your eyes are you know why they're sensitive to lights like you need these like different eye implants. Oh, yeah. would, you, would you completely cyborg yourself over time, become part of the cyber initiative? I will get all bionic parts, absolutely. Like, I, will I switch my... My joints are all really doing pretty well. And my understanding is... Okay, so here's some things. I'm going to jump all over the place. Um, yes, I will trade anything out, but I will be skeptical about things like chips. Mm, that's um, one that... That one... That gives me alarm. But. And not because of, like... I, I'll be skeptical of anything that feels like it could be a form of mind control, but I think that ship has already sailed, honestly. I think the 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 mass awakening has already hit uh, critical mass just this year. 
just this month, actually, I think we got like a, a software download. I think every like a shit ton of people have downloaded it and it's installing right now. And my prediction is that we just start seeing uh, systems crumble fast. Are you um, also uh, do you ever think about how like, yes, there is this great awakening, but also there is like the whole Buddhist thing of like, the, the cyclical nature of it, and you can always tune into the, the really positive and the really negative because there is this great awakening, but I think there's people that are going down negatively with it and just clinging to one narrative and a lot of people killing themselves, a lot of people just nonstop looking at at news. And um, I don't know, I, I like to keep keep an open mind about it because like Timothy Leary and Ram Dass, they thought that when LSD was around in the 60s, like they're like, this is going to change everything. Within 10 years, we're going to have a utopia tops. Yeah. Everything's going to transform. And then the 70s came, and then the 80s came, and then the 90s. And now it feels like we're in this new 60s. And I think this might be the time where, you know, you have to tip the Coke machine back and forth a few times before it actually tips yeah. over. I'm like, this might be the one, but also it might, might just not. be one rock. It does feel, and it has been. So when... um. I had this near-death experience in 2000, right? And then I was trained by aliens. I think other, I think woo-woo people, I'm real resistant to being considered woo-woo, but call them spirit guides, soul team, whatever. I call them aliens because they did kind of look like aliens. What do they look like? They look like traditional, like the outline of what an alien is, but they weren't physical they didn't have that like shiny waxy body that they get presented as they were like can you see energy mm -hmm. they were like that like a cross between just the grid energy and straight up plasma so they were i would say probably what i would call like 11th dimension density and some uh, i don't know if you know what that means or not but like we are in this 3D dense body, right? Mm -hmm. That's just as physical as can be. And as we like uh, level up into these higher levels of consciousness, the body will become less dense. You go like uh, light body, crystalline body, and then you're straight up fucking ether, yeah. right? There's only 11 dimensions according to that Rob Bryanton book, what Imagining 11 Dimensions. And yeah. it's more of a, a math thing than anything. It's tough to wrap your mind around. He does have good illustrations with why it is 11. And I think yeah. once you get to 12, it's the next It's uh, omnipresence, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's my understanding. I, <coughs> excuse me. I also don't get a ton of information about anything beyond the one we are working on. So in 2000, uh, well, in 2000, when the first thing happened, it was like we were heading into four, like we're working on four, and then 9-11 happened. And then we just... Like, everybody went the fuck back to sleep. Everyone who was waking up just got locked into the fear-based mm. paradigm again. Uh, terrorism, terrorism, fear, fear, death, death, death. And, you know, and to me, I was like, no, 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 you're getting tricked, you know. And I don't know if that's, I think that there are a million different variables of reality. So on one reality, it's a reptilian agenda. On another reality, it's just the fear-based reality itself uh, pulled us back in. But then at the end of the Mayan calendar, we did level up to four. And some people call four time, but – and none of this – there is no facts once you get into all this fucking – you know, everybody has a different way of saying it. But the way I describe four is the ether, and it's the place where I think we all are together. So, like, 
you ever be talking to someone? This example I use all the time. Uh, you talk to someone and they're um, they're telling you why they have to break up with their girlfriend. And they're giving you a reason, but you can just sense that this isn't the reason. It feels like subtext, kind of. Or they're telling you why they have to quit their job or buy a car or whatever. They're lying to themselves, kind of. You know what I'm talking about? They're trying to put it through a template of logic instead of, like, this is just the the feel. They're just not in a place to be authentic enough to be like, I want to fuck someone else or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, so they're like, she's just, like, pressure me or whatever. But you can feel the truth. That's kind of what I call 4D. That's like the ether. It's like um, it's it's a feeling of uh, it's like a sense. It's like the clear, uh, clairvoyant kind of clair, uh, clair essence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, clair audience, I think. Clair audience is the, yeah, listening. Yeah. Clairvoyant is the seeing. And then yeah. clair, some, whatever. Clair, yeah. Clarity of There's whatever. There's a word for all of them together that I can never remember. Um, so what the 5D download, which is the one that's trying to come in right now, was described to me as the experience that I had where I was in the blue ball of light, but still myself, but but a part of it, that it is because um, all of the as we go up, it's just kind of us melding back together as one consciousness, like a step at a time. Oh, that's well, going to be so fun, isn't it? It is. It's going to be so great. And so we've been like um, light workers or whatever. I hate all these words have been kind of hacking the the 3D versions of stuff. So we've been having to work on the 3D version of love, which is attachment. For me, it's codependency, really fucking embarrassing, you know, fear-based love stuff so that we can get into this because in its full form, 5D, would I would be able to kind of meld into your energy and share your talents. Like if once we're fully in it, like we would be able to access each other like that like i could plug into your network and and share your files so it like it's what uh do you know terrence mckenna at all do you ever listen to his talks he would talk about how true telepathy isn't i think a thought and then you receive it and then you open it up like an email true telepathy is you see what i mean you you just inherently know so it's like this more instantaneous communication and and sharing sort of economy rather than like these bounded states that we're pretending to be in which even the the best or the the deepest physics already shows that we're all empty space and the thing we call a particle is just a a charge of energy like a knot in the field so it is just all one field but we're we're under that illusion of separateness and as we yeah. go up those dimensions i'm imagining that it's going to be more apparent that well oh yeah of course it's all one field but yeah but it's like when you're playing in a game, we know that it's all one thing on the video game, but you can select your fighter, you can select your your hero, and then there is that imaginary boundary around, okay, I picked this guy, but that's your player. But we could we could change energies and this part right. in the, the game. It's probably going to be more like that as we see video game stuff kind of seep into reality more with AR, VR, and, yeah. and that kind of thing. What is physics, how does physics explain... Uh the illusion of separation how does it explain the illusion of it yeah like if like if physics shows us all as as one kind of energy field what is the explanation for why we don't experience it that way uh because of the the scale at which our our bodies are designed to survive or have adapted to survive it's not it's not adapted to take in true reality. It's it's set up to look at danger so that we're protecting this field. There's, um, 
let's see, because because we all know that if we if we zoomed in enough and looked at the photos of it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be that illusion anymore. But right. as we zoom out, it's like with any sort of illusion painting, it's the it's the the distance at which you're looking at it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like to. Um, do you know John Ozelay? Yes. Yeah. He's a, uh, did he study rats and cocaine? Yep. Was that his thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a comic too, but that was that was what his PhD was. Yeah. Um, I love to get together with him and and talk this stuff because he always has like a scientific explanation for everything. But he comes from like a. It's definitely not the things that you're saying. You know, he's like. Uh, it's not magic. It's just your brain chemistry. And I'm like, what if it's both, though? Yeah, it's both. Yeah. The problem with, with science, at least in the materialist uh, way of looking at it, it's this is another McKenna line, is that like if you go back to the Big Bang and it's like, okay, it's all random, and then it emerged from this point, and then everything else has been a random consequence of, I mean, life emerged because it proteins formed together in the wrong way until they didn't, and then they coincidentally found the way that worked, and then stuff just kind of kept falling randomly until we got here. In other words, we got here because we got here. There's a billion other timelines, infinite other timelines where it didn't work out and we're just in the random one where it worked. Right. But that's based on magic. That's like the randomness yeah. of it coming to being. It's like, okay, give us one miracle and we'll build on top of that. And that's that's doing it the materialist way. But then in the the pen psychism consciousness is everywhere way it it looks at it inversely and those two ways of looking at the world need each other it, it kind of is like that zero and one binary of what a computer simulation is you need yeah. both ways of thinking of it yeah i love that that's the thing i've kind of been i've been thinking about doing a demystifying of spiritual ideas where i th- I think there's a merging of science and mysticism happening at a rapid pace right now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to find out. Yeah, that it is both. And when I kind of explain um, energetic stuff and um, – okay, so when the aliens told me a few things in 2000, they said we're leaving this 3D fear-based reality where we believe ourselves – where we don't know that we're God. We don't know that we're creating it. Like we've played that game. Thank we're, goodness. I yeah, was going to walk sucked. out of that movie. It sucked. <laughs> um, so that one's done. Age of Pisces also, what it was considered. And we're oh, moving no in. No offense, Pisces, but yeah. the worst sign. <laughs> Whiny little Pisces. <laughs> you're not a Pisces, are you? I'm technically a Pisces, but I call myself an Aquarius, which okay, is very no, Aquarius. No, so you're good. Zero degrees. I mean, whatever. Kurt Cobain's a Pisces. Kurt yeah. Cobain's cool. And, Listen. and I've got lots of Pisces friends, but just as a... Uh, yeah, go go ahead. Yeah, it's a really an allegory for my uh, my experience with my own emotions because I'm like I'm an Aquarius. I don't have feelings, and in this last year, this Pisces has really worked its way up. But anyway, uh, it's air sign. Aquarius is air. Yeah, and Pisces is, so much is water. Cooler. Yeah, air has no feelings. Yeah, and water water signs have the most feelings. Yeah, Earth kind of grounded. Fire, it's like too too much accomplishment, yeah. <laughs> too much energy, too much. Yeah, uh, me. What are you? I'm the best, Leo. Leo, mm-hmm. okay, that fire. Mm-hmm. Um, happy soon birthday. Oh, thank you. So here's what they said. They said uh, so we're ending that 3D fear-based reality based on dichotomy. So the and that's why there was the ritual that uh, supposedly. I mean, it's all of it, but the ritual, what the occult ritual of destroying both the World Trade Centers and then erecting one tower. That's like symbolic of like the dichotomy. The two will <gasps> fall and then we will erect one. Yeah, that's what the, if you really go down the conspiracy of why people say that 
uh, it was an inside job and that kind of thing. So when you go really, really deep, you end up back at simulation, and then the there's the entities helping in in oneness, like trying to make everyone realize oneness, and then there's the entities that are in service to self rather than in service to oneness, which are good because they create friction, which helps us evolve and evolve and evolve. But yeah. the evil ones are in service to self, and so like you find out why are they why are they doing that? Why did they destroy that? It's I don't know, and that's why it symbolized it. I think it's fun to read. It helps you yeah. think in new ways, and you shouldn't believe it or disbelieve it. It's more just a yeah. It's, it's fun to play. That's yeah. my thing. Is it's like it's all fun to play. Everything I think exists on one timeline or another, and you exactly. can kind of decide. And if you're getting into conspiracy theories and you're not having fun, then just back out. Like it's not necessary to figure out which is which. Did Tim it's, Dillon say it on your podcast where people think that? I think he might have said it on his podcast, but people think that all this stuff going on is going to be like a a series with a big finale, but there is no finale. It's like a soap opera where you just stop watching with, yeah. with the conspiracies. <laughs> it's like, no, it goes on forever. There is no like big c- conclusion to these conspiracy yep. theories. As these things are all coming out right now, he's having a moment because uh-huh. it's like, it's, there's a lot of people coming back to be like, oh, hey, sorry. Sorry, I uh, thought you were crazy for saying there was a pedophile sex ring. <laughs> So the the 9-11 thing just freaked me mm-hmm. out because um, when it happened, when the towers hit, I was in this dream. I'd already woken up, was already in alien school, which is like the dream school I was in at night with the aliens. And there was a big group of us standing around a fire and everyone had a match and we all threw a match in the center. And then I woke up. To the announcement of the first plane hitting the building. Wild. I also woke up sucking someone's dick, which is probably not a necessary part of the story. Did you know them? <laughs> no, it was a neighbor. It was really awkward. Yeah, no, no, it was a boyfriend. But it was like I woke up and was like, what is happening? Like I woke up from this dream and then was like, wh- like. Was it a pleasant surprise or you're like, oh, you should wake me up next yeah. time? <laughs> or you were doing it in your sleep and then. I was doing it in my sleep. I'm like being Jim Norton now, yeah. like anything sexual, he like clings to it. It's like, so was it, was it like, was your hand on his balls or was it like on his, was it on his nipples? <laughs> the reason I throw that in there is because it was really difficult to participate in the where were you when the planes hit oh, the building yeah, yeah, yeah. story. Well, now you've heard it. You've heard it, gang. Because people were like, you know, I was at work and then everybody was freaking out. I had to go home from school. And I was like, I woke up. I was sucking someone's dick. It came on the radio, and I felt like, do I fin? Do I finish? Should we take cover? I don't like. What is the protocol here? Did and you finish so after the him... second one? Fell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in an economics class, and the teacher was going to keep us in school. And she's like, "I know this is shocking, but we have to continue with our lessons." As the TV was still on, as she was going to turn it off, the second one fell, and then she was like. Oh, to hell with it. And she never ships. <laughs> and I, I love that one tower didn't get us to leave class, but two towers, like, all right, fine. You guys don't have to stay in school anymore. But you let him finish uh, before the second one fell? Yeah. I can't, I can't actually remember. I don't think he finished. He was asleep. We were both asleep. It was very strange. But yeah. That's but fine. The dream, Casual. Just yeah. super cash. Meth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those meth naps, those post-meth naps, very, very deep. Um, But yeah, but the imagery of the dream where the alien school classroom was standing around in and and the middle was 
like this huge fire because we all had thrown a match in. And um, I don't know how you pronounce this word. You shouldn't A-D-I-G-O say it. A-D-I-G-O for strings is a song from... Adagio? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I can never pronounce words that I've only read. <laughs> great. <laughs> I didn't do much school. I was an orchestra kid, yeah. so I know that one. Legato. Or, so it's like... Orgasmo. It was in one of the war movies, but it's also a great... Like, Tiesto does a great version of it. And that song was playing, and it had this big kind of climax. It was playing In the Dream. And then I woke up and they with a dick in my mouth, and then they were saying that. And anyway, so this is a big thing, and then I knew it was an inside job, and then it appeared to have slowed down the awakening process. But now that we are here, I'm like, oh, we weren't ready back then. So here's what they said. Stuff that didn't make any sense then, and now I'm like, oh, and it's not even that crazy. Number one, they said the dichotomies would dissolve. So there would be no right or wrong, good or bad. Male or female, living Male or, or dead, female. as right. we see with holograms, uh, bringing back the dead right. more and more. So male or female, in 2000, I was like, are dicks going to fall off? Because you did Some it of them. In, two th- <laughs> two th- um, in 2000, like, um, there was no, like, understanding of masculine and feminine energies in the collective, no. like, mainstream consciousness. So I didn't know what that meant. They said that there were three tri- three groups of people in the wave that I would be in that would bring in the new world. Number one were called the arsenal, and they would destroy the old world. Number two were called the image setters. They would create the new world. And number three, which is the group that I'm in, I can't remember what the fuck it was called, but they are the healers, new medicine people, and uh, oracles. So does everyone have a role, or are there some people just hanging out? A lot of people have multiple energies, but now I'm like, oh my god, you know who the fucking uh, Arsenal were? Not how I would have imagined them at all, but the SJW crowd that in like two years destroyed the patriarchy, destroyed gender. I mean, they tore these systems down, and now they kind of eat each other. They're very cannibalistic, if you watch them, because they are just the energy of destroying the old. And so if they see the old anywhere, it's like a computer program. If they see the old anywhere, including just tiny residues of old in each other, they just eat each other. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Not that it's happening, but the way of putting it that way, no one's ever put it that way before. I think that's really cool um and so the whole time it was happening because they changed my shit like when rape they started redefining rape culture i was someone who had a really hard time uh being a victim like i didn't want to be a victim and so uh i didn't consider someone fucking you while you were passed out asleep rape because i couldn't accept within myself that i had been a victim that many times i wanted to be in control and power you know so when they were redefining these things like there was i was evolving but i found their energy difficult watching them amongst each other but so now that they've successfully kind of torn down this system i'm like these guys are cannibals so they're all eating each other and then it just clicked like two days ago when i was talking about the image setters because i do uh tarot readings and i've been getting a ton of people that have been calling me are image setters and i'm like oh shit the image setters are here who was the arsenal and then i'm like oh shit 
It's them. And that explains so much. Because until the old world has been destroyed, they just are going to eat it wherever they see it. Yeah. And so, because I was like, you guys are not very loyal. You're not a very loyal crowd. You know what I mean? You all have the same aim, but you're eating each other. Yeah, they have to attack. Yeah, because they're just that energy. That's all. They're just like Pac-Mans. They're just here to eat it. It doesn't matter who the fuck it is. They're here to eat it. They sense it in each other. They, they, you know, but no person is 100% pure intentioned. And so that's why they just can't stop until it's done. So that was kind of cool. What else did they say? There was the end of, they said that we, that the some X generation, X generation would have an expe- life expectancy of about 150 years. Oh, hell yeah. And then every generation below that would uh, not have to die. <laughs> and what that, would your death look like, though? I mean, would you just go back to the blue ball and then reincarnate as one of those people that lives forever? I think that the only reason that that the X generation like had that life expectancy because I'm at the bottom I'm like the Xennial or whatever is because there was so many like the older part of it would still kind of be in the uh, like karmic reality. So mm. there are a ton of people leaving the planet right now. There are a ton of people choosing to stay in this karmic dichotomy. The new news from the aliens is that between five and six there'll be a full dimensional split. Where we will live on Earth. Um, hey, Gaia. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry for all the trees. All the shit that she's going through will be hospitable for the new people, but the old, it will be inhospitable for them. So her changes are, she's healing, she's changing, she's evolving into something new. Uh, we don't have to stress so hard on it. Like, uh, we're intuitively changing, like, with renewable energy and everything. We're going in a direction that is supportive of her, but she's not going to be destroyed. She's ascending like the rest of us, evolving Very like cool. the rest of us. I'm going way down the rabbit hole. That's what this is for. Yeah. Um, but then there will be everyone who wants to stay in the dichotomy-based, fear-based reality. They will go to a different planet that is still supportive of that. and But they said it'll be seamless. So right now there is a separation happening where we are kind of naturally ceasing to perceive each other. And I've seen that in my life big time where I try to talk to people who are like super 3D and I don't even like need to talk this shit all the time, but you just can't, you're, it's just becoming like, we're just naturally kind of all separating from yeah. each other. And then um, I think right now, and I have felt before that we've been on timelines before where it was going to happen via war or something. I think right now it's going to happen. It might happen via a uh, natural disaster. I think she just might take a few weeks and just we will perceive that they died and they will perceive that we died. Oh, fascinating. And we will just end up in two di- We'll know what happened to them because we're uh, awake. But they will physically die and be gone. And then we will, and we will move up. The shift between five and six is going to be pretty rapid. And I do believe a one huge wave right now is, getting, is, is stepping into 5D. So what do you know about uh, being in 6D? Is it is it blissed out? Is it blissed out at first? Or is it like, okay, now here's the real problems, which you didn't even know in kindergarten. This is like, this is the grown-up stuff that you didn't even get to see because you weren't dimensionally aware. I think it gets progressively more blissed out. 5D, so there'll be no more capitalism, no more disease, no more death. Our bodies, the, the last... Um, they kind of talk all the time, but then every once in a while I'll do kind of like a full channeling of information. And so the I, last time I did that was when I was candy flipping in February. What's that one? I don't know. Um, one. Acid and ecstasy. 
Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. I don't, I only do psychedelics, and I don't, you know, I do it a couple times a year for this purpose. And but, ecstasy just comes along for the ride. Uh, yeah, ecstasy was uh, for, like, a birthday thing, and it, it it's, uh, yeah, it kind of helps with the empathy and the drop of the ego. It's really interesting that you have the, the David Bowie path, which when asked about how did he quit, like, his drugs and stuff, he's like, oh, I just got tired of it. Yeah. Like he just he just grew out of it. It was like yeah. another mask that he wore and uh yeah, it ran its course. It burned it its it's burned its whatever. It's burned to completion. Yeah, it just did I did it and then um I like a very Aquarius trait of mine is that um uh, I don't like to go around the same path over and over again. Like, that's my worst nightmare. So, like, like living a reality where you just do the same thing every day around the same mm-hmm. friends and this is my worst nightmare. And I realized I was doing that with drugs where I was like, oh, I've done all this. And so it was very easy to be like, okay, yeah, I'm done here. And then I was sober for a really long time until that felt like that. It was like, okay, I've gotten the full uh, – a suburban mom experience. I think I'd like to let a little bit of the monster out of the cage. And for me, psychedelics are getting behind the veil. They are, you know, they are a tool for uh, mental health and for spirituality. They dissolve boundaries. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the whole dichotomy ending you thing sounded... is, is. Like McKenna. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That's why I said it like that. That's when I when I say his lines. Me and me and my friend uh, Michelangelo. Shout out ungoogle ungoogleable Michelangelo. If you haven't seen him, <laughs> terrific, terrific artist. And he does he does the best uh, the best Terrence McKenna voice that I've heard so far. He's got the trophy and a really good. Uh, Alex Gray too, and he 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 can break down like, well, Terrence comes from the back, but if you mechanize it, it becomes Alex Gray. Oh my god! And you could also go from the back and become Dennis McKenna, and this is me ripping off his. Yeah, he does he does them so dead on, but yeah, you just look up on Google Michelangelo, but yeah, d- boundary dissolving. Yeah, uh, and DMT I didn't try until this year, and I um. I have had such a weird I, – I think I expected a lot more because everyone talks like, oh, my God. Because they had never seen the aliens, but you right, had. Right, right. And they had – I was like, okay, I'm definitely out of my body, but I think I'm always out of my body. I think uh, a – I have a real hard time staying first-person shooter. I am typically hanging out. like, And so – Did you hear I, Tom Campbell say that line where he says a lot of people are, are trying to get out of their bodies? And he says, uh, you don't need to get out of your body. Your consciousness is already out of your body. You just need to get in to your consciousness. No, but that's a fucking great line. Yeah, I you're think already did, out of it. Yeah, I guess I, yeah, that's what I experience most things from the consciousness space. And like, I'm like a drug that like puts you in your body so you can figure out where you parked your car. Mm-hmm. That would be uh, a fun drug for me. <laughs> but what I did notice about DMT, a couple things that have struck me. Number one, I often end up in this rest stop bathroom. The same one? Uh-huh. And where I'm in the cartoon space, right? And with the Hello Kitties uh, making faces at me. And I that part of it had, that has struck me is like reality watching me. But then I also know that I'm in this rest stop bathroom, right? And so I'm always asking the kitties, like, why am I in this rest stop bathroom? And then I just a couple weeks ago had this uh, realized that I was codependent. And it was kind of this missing piece of programming, this like, um, because I uh, we have to clear this 
programming, this trauma, religious programming, like in order to level up, we have to dump this shit, right? And then the more of us that dump it, we dump it kind of for the collective. So the more people that sort through their shit, the quicker everyone kind of levels up as a group. And so I call it hacking. So I'm like, like getting in here and getting all this programming. And the day that I found out I was codependent, so the day I found out I had this program running that I was not aware of and was kind of sorting it out, I'm crying in a, in a stall of a rest stop bathroom. And then I'm like, holy shit, this is the fucking bathroom. <laughs> This is the bathroom from all of those DMT trips. Holy crap. And all of those DMT trips were me um, trying to figure out how to get out of this loop that I was in. And um, yeah, so then it all kind of came together in that moment where it was like, here's the time marker. Kind of like the... um, the crop circles? Crop circles. How for a while they were saying the crop circles were for time travel. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of like the spot. That was like the confirmation, the nod, the yeah, you found the, you found the exit from that loop. I feel like I'm all over the place right now. That's but, what we're here for. Yep. Um, so, yeah, this 5D download is – I don't know much about 60. I don't get told much about the one, the next one until we get – I don't think you'll be able to one. hold it within your your 3D uh, yeah. prefrontal cortex without being aware of whatever the next thing is, your light body or something. Do you think about when you're in the blissed out 60 world, like the, the true nature of, of who you are could, could, it could become stale again, like the same way that, I don't know, as kids, just the freedom we have now to be able to eat candy bars whenever we want and drive around and stuff like that i mean i'm speaking on people that had an easy childhood i guess yeah but, but it just, it's, it's just so easy the freedom now. to get molested by yeah. your friend's dad <laughs> you i guess you still have that too there's uh just the whole habituation thing like getting tired of it no matter how blissful it might seem yeah. from from here and that is perhaps the nature of of being and not uh just being the oneness something that um do you, do you listen to Future Fossils at all with uh-uh. Michael Garfield? He's got, uh, was talking about the difference between, what is it, like Theravada Buddhism and Mahayana Buddhism, where one is like, there is there is suffering, there's a path to end suffering, and the path is is this way. And then uh, the, the other school of Buddhism is you kind of get through the suffering and you wind up right back where you were. It's like, where uh, you were trying to escape what exactly? I yeah. thought so. It's there. There's nothing but this. There's nothing but right now and how you feel right now like even when we're in 60 we'll still be like kind of feeling eventually regular like this communicating and yeah like even though we can shoot off ghosts to go like have infinite pleasures that cycle off here and and cycle back novelty into our exo cortex and do do all that stuff it's still like yeah but i mean i don't know just there's still some there's some eons where i'm still just like uh <laughs> there's there's some I don't know, just being a galaxy, like it was orgasmic at first, but you kind of get used to being an orgasm. You get yeah. used to being a million billion orgasms. And then it's like, I I, <laughs> I feel terrible asking for more, but, and then I get the more and then it was, yeah, but now it's done. And then I stretched it out for a trillion years and then the trillion years went by and it's like, hmm, maybe I should be 3D again. Maybe I yeah. should be 2D again. Oh God, maybe that's I should be piss a, me off. Maybe should be a I should just be a one D thing like living in a. Does the idea of leaving? I wonder this a lot because there is, when I found out I was codependent. Um, there is something about that attachment 
that makes you feel so alive. And when you're in full spiritual bliss, it's cool. It's especially cool when you level up to it. But once you're in that space for a while, there's just not much. The non-attached world is just it does level out pretty quick and then it, it it when you don't when you can't contrast it so when you're not bumping in and out of like fear-based reality and pain and attachment it does kind of just become what the fuck ever right and uh there was something about tapping back into attachment that made me feel alive and i wonder that like as we is there a morning kind of is the is that why some people want to stay in 3D? Is because uh, yeah, it you know, scares them. It's it's why when I was in the blue ball of light and finally felt home and finally this homesickness, I was outside of pain, I was in this bliss. What made me say yes? I will go back. And then I came back and was like, fuck, I picked the wrong thing. And I like kept trying to kill myself to go back, and it wouldn't work. <laughs> That's part of it. Do you ever hear about how Navy SEALs will? You know that whole buds training thing they have to do where it's, uh, I don't know how long, like a week or two weeks of just pure hell, like pure emotional abuse, pure physical abuse, cold, wet, nonstop. There's just no no saving grace to it. It's like pure torture. But when they when they come out, they get their, their eagle thing or uh, I don't know, whatever. They become a Navy SEAL. They're like these badasses. But at any point during the training, there's a bell at the center of the the training camp thing and you can ring it at any time and put your helmet down and it'll take you in a bus and you get a warm shower and you're fine and people that who've given up like once they ring the bell they're finally relieved but when they're in that bus headed towards the warm shower they're like oh fuck i i picked like i i should have stuck with it more i should have yeah. like i would have come out through it's through that suffering that i was able to to grow and then when you when you uh, push the abort button on the suffering, then it's a moment of bliss. But then it's like, oh shit, that was there. There was a purpose for that suffering that yeah. I should have worked through, and I, I can go back and I can do it. Or maybe that wasn't for me. It's not everyone regrets it. Maybe some people didn't. But I'm speaking specifically to the people that could have held out a little bit longer. I experienced it with. I, I got into cold showers for a little bit. I was reading about the cold shock proteins and Wim Hof and breathing and like tapping into pure you know, getting your dopamine and serotonin going through just cold showers. And there was something to it. I could, I could feel it. And like the first few times I, when I, when I'd crap out before, uh, the full minute, like after I switched, it was that real feeling of, oh, I, I could have, I could have lived there a little bit more, further? but I didn't. What is that? Um, God, that's the second time that's come up. Which one? In showers? Like 24 hours. Somebody I saw, um, somebody else I was talking to doing, I saw on his Instagram, like, and now he knows I was looking way back on his Instagram. So that's cool. Um, these really cold baths, like uh, taking baths in like uh, tubs of ice cubes. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think huh. Tony Robbins does that. And a lot of those like ultra success people do it. And there, there is science behind it. It's not a pure placebo-like thing, or that you feel good because now you're not in the suffering thing. It's, it's where our bodies are actually meant to generate the good chemicals when they're in that. And we've been, we've been soft for too long. We've had too much. Uh, we're not tapping into the base drives, I guess, that yeah. our body is supposed to reward us with. The base reward systems are 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 basically hacked most of the time and not. Interesting. Not given to us. I've been um 
I have kind of a different take on a lot of things that people think are negative. I was just listening to an episode of your podcast talking about cell phones and stuff. I think it was kind of by design that we stopped communicating audibly and started uh, communicating via text and hieroglyphics and too. outside of Not each other. Not even just text. Yeah, is learning to communicate without relying so heavily on language because I do think we are already telepathically communicating, but nobody has ever taught us what that looks like, what that feels like. Look at memes. Like, yeah, like exactly. a specific scene from a specific Simpsons episode that has to do with exactly what you're feeling right now. Yep. Or even like... I, I was on a YouTube rabbit hole. I ended up at Yoko Ono screaming at some art gallery for 10 minutes where she just yeah. <laughs> she just screams, and that's just the camera aiming at her screaming. And one of the comments said, uh, like, it just it had a time code, which you could click on, and it said, that moment where you put food in your mouth, but you don't want, it's too hot, but you don't want to spit it out, and then it goes right to that part of the Yoko clip, and yeah. she's like, oh, 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 and so it's exactly what you mean, and we're just yeah. finding ways to communicate, like, where is there another instance of exactly that feeling, yes. but in a different context, so that we can build a more completely mapped together, like... The essence of things. This was a conversation I was having with maybe Jono where I was talking about there are several people in my life and we all that I communicate with uh, telepathically and immediately he didn't even have to say it because I communicated with him telepathically I was like no I will not do an experiment with a number or a color <laughs> because I don't know how to communicate this to you because you don't speak this language but it's uh it's it's not words anymore when you get to this. It's it's ideas. It's concepts. And in society, we are all kind of like getting to that point with things like memes and emojis and stuff where we're, we're learning how to communicate concepts and the essence of things because that is a lot of this telepathic communication. There are people in my life where when we try to talk things out, it complicates it. Because they we misinterpret like, and you misinterpret yeah. and then you end up farther. Yeah, We were understood each other when we didn't communicate it, but we just have this programming where it's like we should talk this out, but we understood each other before we started doing that. And it's a lot of this flow of energy, a big part of this 5D download that has already happened. It is now where 4D was like this passive, you could access this space. It wasn't the front of your senses though. You could access this space where we could understand each other and it felt like subtext. And we've all had this since like 2012, but a bunch of people didn't know they had it. So now there's like an increase of social anxiety and a desire to isolate because we're tapped into each other on a level that we weren't previously. So you don't know why when you go out in public, you're feeling weird. Well, it's because you're feeling everyone's shit and you're more sensitive to people who are vampires. And when I say vampires, um, could be straight up narcissists, straight up energy vampires. Uh, the passive aggressive person is an example of um, an energy vampire. Yeah, a you person can feel who, it regardless. Yeah, where they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you think maybe I could have a little bit? And everyone's squirting energy at this person because they're making you feel guilty. It is they're stealing energy, you know. Yeah. And, but we're not taught any of this language. We don't know any of this language. So all this stuff is happening while we're just looking at the physical reality. 
and is making us anxious. It's making us depressed. It's making us feel weird. Half the time, they're not even our feelings that we're picking up on. So everyone's like, I'm just not going to go out. I don't yeah. want to go anywhere. I'm going to play with my phone. Like, I don't want to be out there. So much has changed within that phone. Like, do you yeah. think about how if we showed people a picture of now 10 years ago, they'd be like, nothing changed. Like, all the fashion yep. is the same. The phone is kind of the same. Like, yeah, maybe you've got a camera in the front instead of just that other one. But, yeah, it looks the same. It's like, okay, we didn't show you what's going on on yeah. the internet, though. <laughs> like, that's where most of the action yep. is. But to the people on the outside who aren't hip to it, it's it looks the same on the outside. And... Uh, not just the the content that's been put on it, but yeah, the feeling of yeah. of of all of us. But yeah, like you said, we look identical. Yeah, it's another example of um, how the magic isn't that magic. Like when the alien said we wouldn't die. That was insane talk in 2000. What, you mean when he said we wouldn't ever die? Yeah, like we wouldn't have to die. Like your bodies would stop dying. And or even just a life expectancy of 150 for someone who's now 50. That's not crazy. Like, yeah, that's isn't not... it crazy how we've never experienced our own deaths yet? We're so sure of it. Yep. And I can disappear, and then you'd be like, "Oh shit!" He said we would never. Like we've never experienced death, and then he died, and then I'm next. Like, no. How can you be aware of not being awareness? You are you, regardless. Yeah. You're, you can't not be a you. The, yeah. The nothingness is. It can't be existence. Existence is existence's job. Nothingness cannot be. It's like it's a logical contradiction. It's that which is not you and you'll never be it. And that's why when you said that the, those of us who make it to the 60 and the 6D and then those of us that make it to uh, get pushed back to 3D, we will have perceived their death and they will have perceived ours. Yep. How can you perceive your own death other than from the perspective of being in that blue light place where you're like, oh, okay. Or if you're above your body and you're looking down on it, like, oh, I died. But you didn't die. Your awareness is always an awareness. That's what awareness is. Yeah. And have you read The Law of One? No. It's this channel text from uh, Ra, which is the god the Egyptians worshipped, which they ask, are you the same guy from the Egyptian things? Like, that is the same uh, I am the social they memory all talk complex. So funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like we took physical form during those times. We are just a social memory complex. You are a social memory con- complex in physical form. But they they said the first thing that ever exists, the the first thing to ever be is infinity. Which we like to think of it opposite. We like to think of it as zero, then one, then two, then no. You can't have zero and then something. Right. That's bullshit. You can have infinity and then imaginary boundaries around infinity. That makes sense. Mathematically, it makes sense physically, but zero and then poof, stuffnessness. Yeah. That's, that's the most absurd yes. concept. That's the limit case for credulity. So uh, they said the first thing to ever be was infinity. And then the second thing was awareness, the split of the oneness, infinite wholeness, and then standing outside of it and being like, oh, I am. I'm, I'm something. Yeah. And then there's this, which I'm in right now, and then there's the stuff that I'm not. So that I can have definition. So it's right. it's more fun if it was just if I knew that you were me and I just like wrote a script for you to talk to me right now. That's not fun. But splitting up and then yes. not seeing you for how many thousands of years since I've seen you as a soul or whatever. Yeah. And then meeting and then exchanging ideas. That's fun. And then we just smash back together and mm-hmm. then we're totally just going to do it again. Aren't yeah. We? We're just going to split up again. But what if that part is like. A long time, and this was just like five seconds relatively of suffering. When we look back, it's like, oh, it's so nice that we did that that suffering. Kind of like when you jump in a, I know I use the cold hot analogy all the time, but you go jump in a cold pool knowing that the hot tub is right there. Yeah. And you can jump back at any time you want, and then the hot tub's more fun having yeah. been 
uh, subjected well, to the cold. Yeah, it just couldn't matter less. Mm-hmm. It just couldn't. It couldn't be less. So a lot of people wake up or whatever, and there's there's like different parts you wake up. You can wake up through the mental health stuff. You can wake up through the leveling up through there. I resonate pretty well with those people. Some the people who wake up to the spirituality first are not my cup of tea. In in uh, what sense? They are like the new age people that they I don't know who what love it is. saying namaste and like yeah. they, they they yeah they fit in there yeah they I, hit that part before they get to their like dark shit you know what I mean so they're just not my tribe yeah and so uh, I talk a lot of shit me neither but I do appreciate the lessons I get from those people but when I'm around them and I can see that they can't like. They can't let off the guys or be like, ah, that's one guy who's saying that sucks. Or they yeah. can't. They can't talk shit. They can't make off-color jokes yep. or stuff like that. Or uh, it's like that, toxic positivity. Exactly. I, don't like it. I like it. I hope yeah. that's going to get coined. Like yeah, in that's going to be this episode name: Toxic Positivity. <laughs> the toxic positivity of our city, <laughs> of our city. <laughs> you, what are you on the wall? <laughs> Oh, what a great theme song for L.A. Um, I, so those, I don't like those people. And then, I mean, they're, whatever. I mean, like, not my tribe. Like Ram Dass isn't that, I don't think, because he'll, he'll talk about standing in line at the gay porn theater and, like, yeah. and a, a follower coming up to him and be like, Baba Ram Dass? And then the line moves forward once and then he has to make that decision as to, do I pretend that I wasn't part of this line or do I face this guy and like who sees me as this holy man and face him in truth and just step forward and be like, yep, I'm going to jerk off in the, the porn theater. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's the 70s and we don't have uh, we don't have Pornhub and all that yet, let alone stuff you download off of uh, what? <laughs> it was really wire. rough. Yeah. The porn was really rough uh, for us back in the day. I didn't even watch it until it became a phone thing. I would have discussions with, with my girlfriend about because um, she's uh, a like very feminist and stuff and I'm of course not not feminist but I'm not yeah. as feminist as her <laughs> so she's going to have to call me out on stuff right. cuz I still have my my toxic masculinity upbringing even though I'm not like a uh, abuser and that thing but we all have a level of yeah. it just because mm-hmm. that's what a societal upbringing thing is and then when she's talking about like porn is like it's all for men it's made for men it's like this kind of thing I'm like what you're saying is true in 2012 it's yep. true in 2013 maybe 14 but a shift happened and it went haywire and now everythingness is is just there. And yeah. if you actually go look at the data, it's everything is there for everyone now. We're jerking it's, off like a motherfucker. It's yeah. insane. If you're into something, you can post it on Reddit's uh NSFW four one and one and there's gonna be like ten people who'll be like, Oh yeah, check this out. This the there's oddly specific shit that yeah. you can just get everywhere and it happened in such a short time and it didn't it's ruin also society. very necessary is because a lot of that um there is something to being able to heal core wounds mm-hmm. through certain um sexual role playing and um i think this is what a lot of this incest stuff is because i think there it's has everywhere. been a lot of uh incest shame programming and we're all carrying that from past lives you know we're all trying to clear these like our uh incestual Incestual? Incestual, ancestral. Yeah, that was a perfect combo. Ancestral, ancestral. 
uh, wounds, and I don't know too much about this stuff, but it gets thrown around a lot in the community where um, we are carrying a lot of this stuff. And so by by uh, now jerking off to it or like role playing it with each other, we are clearing that stuff because we're kind of taking it back. Yeah. And um, so I think it's very that's another trend that I, heard I don't that, do. You, do you resonate with this at all? It was someone who is a dominatrix was talking about how uh, the first time she did like really rough role play with a safe word, like it was such a cathartic thing that to to be able to do that, but then to have the safe word and then to say it and then it stopped, like it was a thing that yep. she couldn't do ever before. It, it triggered this new thing in her, like, oh, I can control yeah. reality, and now you can actually having a sense of control and reliving the trauma. There's something really absolutely. Deep to that. There was something with me in like a rape fetish that like uh, helped um, heal the sexual abuse stuff from my childhood. And for a long time, I just was ashamed of the rape fetish or whatever. And then like I had like a marriage where I got cheated on all the time. And then I ended up with this like fetish of like the guy I'm with fucking somebody else. But it all ended up being about taking that power back. Yeah. Because now it's mine. Now I now it's my game. You know what I mean? And I'm con- in control of it. I actually commissioned this. And, you know, I, I can make this stop at any moment. I get to get up and I'm not, I ha- like, you haven't taken anything from me. So absolutely. And I think that it is with porn. And this is another thing that some uh, spiritual people, which I do think we're all just cut from different energetic cloths and we're all on different levels of the game. And so that's fine. But, like, like my tribe is is healing their wounds through some sexual stuff. My tribe comes from the trauma side of things, not the... I can never stop smiling, otherwise I'm not enlightened crowd. Do you know what's interesting about your tribe? And not just your tribe. We but... can fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most interesting thing. <laughs> the second most interesting thing about your tribe is that we think of tribes as like, oh, these are the people in my tribe and we're one group and then there's probably other groups somewhere else. But every individual in that group is also members of a bunch of other tribes yep. that you might not be a, a member of and you're also a member of a bunch of different tribes. Yeah. And but but we when we come together it's like, okay, yeah, we're all into this thing. Like the people who are into smoking weed, but then half of them might not be into Star Wars. And then yeah. there's people that they like to talk to about Star Wars who might not like smoking weed and who don't like psychedelics and so on and so on. And just the ever the the, the it is what we're doing here ultimately as a thing, as a whole system is just more and more novelty. Like yeah. endless, endless novelty to the nth degree. Yeah, I heard you talking about uh, is reality just going to turn into Burning Man? <laughs> and it is. I think it is. It's just yeah. uh, it is going to be um, from the dreams that I had in the 2000s, uh, just like kids, like when we first get this kind of split experience. But we're already headed towards this because what happens with this next download is everyone kind of sees everything energetically first this is just from uh i'm not doing disclaimers on this podcast every other podcast i'd be like if you believe this whatever if you're listening to this shit this far in fucking whatever yeah we this lean is, into it here. yeah this is my understanding of it that as everybody wakes up because this whole system of government and the elites and everything else they're only that because we believe they are that 
they're just playing a role that is empowered by us who are the creators. Yeah, we Because half go way of them back. don't even create. They can't even create. But they, they trick us into creating their reality for us by getting us to complain about their power. But if you have an entire awakened generation who just suddenly, like, wakes up one day and is like, oh, we're God. They're not God. They're like tapeworms. Uh, we just don't have to feed them. Just it, it falls, it crumbles, it just is gone, and I think that's kind of what facilitates the split. But the new, uh, the new society is basically like, uh, you make art, and I do readings, and this person over here does Reiki, and this person over here does this. We all have this gift in us already. I get goosebumps every time I talk about this. Yeah, and we all just trade. It's kind of it's socialism, but it's like abundance to where there is there is no lack. There is no competition and everyone just brings what they have to the table and we all just exchange it. And that's already kind of happening. And if you look at the same thing, how this generation, which I think, what were they? Not indigos. They're ones after indigos. Crystal children, which which has the uh, arsenal who tear down the old system. They also all have this like next generation was all about stealing and pirating shit mm-hmm. and millennials are not really and younger aren't really down with that they're like it's all there already i right? want to play i want to pay artists like we had to start a patreon for our podcast because people were like it's not fair that we're getting all this for free we want to give you money oh really i need some yeah. of your fans yeah <laughs> I just lost a bunch of yeah. my Patreons, but I don't post anything on it, so that's uh, my fault. Yeah, they do. They do expect content, yeah, yeah. but um, it is it. But it is a collective consciousness thing where people are like, "I want to do this energy exchange," and so I think for so long as we live in a cap, while capitalism still coexists with us, but I, there is so many of these image setters who are like. I do this career, but I have this new idea of how to do that. And they're moving forward into it. And the thing that uh, when I got this last message, and a ton of it is like, you won't be able to perceive this, but this is what 5D is. And this is what it will feel like. And this is what it'll eventually be. But like, I can't perceive it until it happens. And then when it happens, I'm like, oh, gender ceases to exist. Fucking got it. The point of gender ceasing to exist is that we all go back to being a balanced masculine and feminine energy within each one of us so that you can effectively create reality because you have to have that feminine intuition, that masculine ability to manifest in order to just reach out your hand and have everything that you want. And I asked about money in February. This is nine different trains of thought, but this is what happens when you tap into 5D. (laughs) Um, They got really annoyed with the money. Nine is a magic number, too. I mean, yes, yeah. it's my, but go ahead. It's my, they got annoyed my numerology. With, they, they got into, they got annoyed by uh, money. Yeah. They were just like, because <sighs> it's like, they, us, uh, like cavemen asking about fire or something. Yeah. Like, they well, said there'll be fire, but you don't. They said there's not a timeline that exists where money's real. Hell yeah. Take that money. I hate having to make you. They said it's fake as fuck. It's the fake. It's the fakest part of the, uh, my guides are a little edgy. It's the fakest part of this game. Reach out your hand and let it fall into your hand. Write a story about where it comes from and have it. And all of the money stuff, like the difficulty is because we write the story about it being difficult. And if you just write the story and the and have the expectation that like, I want to make, have you done the two cut method ever? 
Uh, the one where you write uh, two things and then you pour the water from mm-hmm. one cup into the empty cup, thus emptying the thing you don't want into the the, the potential thing, thus symbolizing much like with the twin towers falling and erecting one thing. Yeah, the, <laughs> oh, yeah like little little rituals <laughs> like that acted out. That is the I think that is the core of magic. It's like yeah. the acting out of the rituals and the the first rule of Fight Club in magic is you don't doubt it because yep. doubting it is is uh is stopping it that's how the thing works that's how manifestation works that whole law of attraction if you if you call it into your awareness and then it's heading towards you and then you push it away also with that same force of course it's not on its way over because you just counteracted that force of summing it to you and then people who are i guess because people who are brought up religious and it's also very yang not andrew yang andrew yang very good but (laughs) like the yin and the yang like it's very uh like bounded bounded closed systems it's a very like male way of thinking and then the female thinking is infinite boundless states everything's okay male is like well where do you draw the line as to what is that and like how do we prove it empirically which is good it got us to where we are with a lot of i guess explosion based science yeah but but if you try to do that with magic stuff you're already like tampering with the experiment i mean double slit shows that already with yeah with the uh, particle wave duality bullshit. I lo- you have, like, um, there was a name for these people, too, that carry all this information. Like, Akashic Records uh, holders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have so much information. I'm going to be driving you nuts. Um, are we, we're over an hour, right? Let's keep going. Or um, do you have to go to bed or something? He looks tired. Oh, how much you more do you got no, on you? you good? You want me to get you a Red Bull? Dude, we can do this I don't all even night. know if there's anything here. <laughs> People are gonna eat this up. I wish I had a Patreon. I like longer ones. Half. I find that shorter ones, like you don't really you once it just gets going, it's like, oh, and that's all the time we have for days. Yeah. Like, oh well shit, I guess. But we uh catch the stride. I do have a Hampton Yount Yount. I can never pronounce see. Hampton names. Yount? Yeah, the Hampton comedian. Yount. Yeah, he's an, coming in. No, I have an episode of Mormon and the Method to episode uh to um edit with him and there was a lot of echo. But um Why do you edit it? Why don't you just put it out? No. Why? I think it's arrogant to think, well, first of all, that one, noise. We did it in an echoey room, so I have to go through and remove all the echoes. But my podcasting philosophy is, I think it's arrogant to think that people want to listen to every single thing that that you guys talked about. Uh, not you guys, but like the, uh, so plus there's also something like it helps the flow for me to know that I can go through and cut out things later. But for the most part, I cut out everything that doesn't carry the story forward or, um, uh, it wasn't funny. That's fair. As long as you don't resent doing it and like, no, it uh-uh. makes you hate the process. I mean, if that's what your process is, not everything has to be a yeah. three hour raw thing but i love raw this would probably stay like this because okay. it is this uh exchange of concepts and stuff yeah but like mormon and the meth heads more kind of a mental health uh podcast and sometimes we just end up on kind of a boring whatever and if it's boring i cut it out um i cut out us okay and ums and stuff because it doesn't happen a ton on this podcast but when you're talking about your trauma and stuff you get real hard on the us like you just be like and then uh, I just uh that, that and I take all that out so that it's easier to I know people to. that do that I personally disagree but once again like you know different lanes for different brains sort yeah. of thing but you would if people did that to Jimi Hendrix interviews we'd be losing so much of his essence cuz so much of it was uh you know it's just more of a feeling that you kind of yeah. uh yeah, like the uhs were, they didn't have like meaning in them, but it communicated like his, he's relaxed in that moment. He uh, yeah. doesn't have, Bootsy Collins does it. Bootsy does it. 
too. Uh, you can just hang out That's in the That's a good island. point. I do leave them sometimes yeah. when they feel like they convey something. But um, and that takes away from the people that have trained to not say it because then yeah. that's part of their personality. <laughs> like, you ever listen to John Carmack, the programmer, no. like id Software, Doom? He's with Oculus now. He's like the chief technical officer of. He's like the best programmer in the world, and he builds rocket engines in his free time. And when he speaks, there is just no ums. Everything is just completely dead focused on what the the software can do and what we are aiming to do in the next five months. And 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 it's just such a it's it communicates him so much. And not that the uhs would ruin it, but I then that that takes away from the, the yeah. I'm that, cheating. Yeah. I'm definitely cheating. I'm being as inarticulate as no auto tune, no editing ums. Let's hear what you got. And uh, and pretending to be someone who gets straight to the point. In 5D, money is the matter. least real thing. But money is just an energy exchange. So energy exchanges do exist. And I imagine yes. that you can be depleted of energy. But this whole thing we're describing as this Burning Man, 5D, Kumbaya, all good, one earth. It sounds miraculous, but our bodies are that in terms of our cells are a socialist like economy that only take what they need and they also have a reserve and when one group is in trouble those resources like kind of band up together to help and they are all just kind of they are all fucking right now in a way and like splitting off and like vibrating and blinking in and out of existence so like we're we're just we're shifting up the octave to where it's not just a bunch of before the thing was cells and then all disconnected. I mean, you could go before that and just be particles disconnected, then sharing together and then uh, cells then split apart, but then merging together. There's more in cooperation than there is yeah. not in cooperation. That's what that whole sapiens book is about. We're not the best because we have the best teeth or the best uh, even brain. It's the it's the cooperation that got us together. We're the best at working in large groups. And as that goes up to scale, we're going to be an earth that is is one thing kind of like our bodies are. Really hard to imagine we're the best at working together, but we are. But we it's are. like we don't seem super Look good at Look at crabs it. in a bucket, the, that whole That's thing. That's a good point. That's a good point. We're not... We're not as bad. We can be. But on the whole, we're... Yeah. You ever just look... When we're here in L.A. driving with millions of people, like... Sometimes the traffic is very terrible and there are accidents here and there, but the fact that that many people can drive a car and we weren't really tested that thoroughly on it and we're not really crashing into each other or buildings, we're doing pretty good. Yeah. Considering like when you look at people in the DMV, you're like, that person shouldn't be able to drive. Exactly. How does that person drive? How does that anyone, you look at people in the grocery store, they drove here. You look at 16-year-olds driving now. 16-year-olds nowadays looks like eight-year-olds. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that, that's a 16-year-old? I thought that's what an eight-year-old is. I think that's because they're going to live to be much older. Mm -hmm. The Zoomers. And, crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to float a couple things by you and see if you, since you have all of this information, and see if you uh, can help me piece any of this together. I'd love to. All right. So the riddle that I was given, Gaia, our consciousness, and our bodies are all going through the exact same process right now. They said that the keys to this are in alchemy. And that it is a transmutation process and that our consciousness is transmuting old world into new world. Everything has to be seamless. We don't go from lead to gold. We have to go through this evolution, right? And that our consciousness doesn't go from codependency to or fear to uh, unconditional love. It has to go through a metamorphosis. Earth is going through the same metamorphosis if you like line them up 
the metaphor, and that our bodies are going from this dying, withering, temporal thing to a, is it crystalline first or light first? Anyway, they are going to a similar metamorphosis. Light is more fundamental than crystalline, but crystalline is a pretty good thing. There's two of them, and I can't remember which. One happens at five between five and six, and one happens at six eight. Six is going to be light, or whatever the final one is going to be light, because light is... Okay, so it's crystalline light first. Light and love are the same thing, according to the yeah. Law of One book. And according to me, because I am an awareness inside <laughs> of uh, an amalgam of, of little cell souls. Like, we're... It's it's almost in if we were just our own thing around objects, we would be sure that we're like this deity thing. But the fact that there's other of us, like we're comparing ourselves to each other, like yeah. I'm not a I'm not a god thing. I'm just a I'm just an ape. I'm a stupid evolved ape. I'm dumb. Don't look at me. And then we we can't we can't believe it because we're we're so similar to each other and yeah. yet so different. And so there can't we can't help but be the comparison. But so you're saying we have to alchemize it and we can't just change it we have to go through it in a seamless transition so does that mean that we have to change it's as above so below like earth is changing we're changing and if we zoomed in that thing is changing too yeah so we have to kind of accept our it's almost like you have to be okay with it before you actually go through the change yes like you don't you don't like, okay, I'm going to quit my job and then be happy. It's like, no, I am happy now, yep. even though I am in that job. And because I am happy now in that job, I now have the resources and the wherewithal to transition because I couldn't have done it from a place of, of fear and anger and reaction. I have to do it like completely ready for my body to change into whatever. Like, right. I have to be ready for this thing to completely change into a crystal, into a light, and not freak out about it before it can actually happen. It's the Yeah, you have to fully accept it because this is the same thing of consciousness, right? So let's say I'm taking codependency, which is this fear-based attachment idea of love that is about controlling another person in order to feel a certain way about myself. And I want to turn that into 5D unconditional love. And so that's a step-by-step process. Number one, I have to accept that I am codependent. I have to accept that I am seeking validation and happiness outside of myself. I have to accept that that comes from a core wound. I have to go find that wound. I have to go find that inner child. I have to touch that. I have to give it its moment. I have to heal that. Like all of this is just to get to this place. Then I have to continuously practice giving this person the freedom to be themselves and their autonomy and respect their boundaries. And as I'm doing this, I'm leveling up. I'm learning I'm learning unconditional love. I'm getting there. I'm opening my hand. I'm letting this thing come and go. I'm letting go of concepts of, you know, toxic monogamy and and possessiveness and jealousy and envy and all these things, right, to transmute up to here. And then I'm like, so if that's also happening for Earth and if that's also happening for our bodies, the only step that I got so far in the body is that you have to accept it and celebrate it in its current state. And then uh, and then kind of walk it through the same system that consciousness is. And so I just can't it hasn't like formed in my mind yet how we do that beyond accepting it. I definitely have like gotten to the point where like I accept you. 42-year-old aging face, you know, I've gotten to the point where I'm celebrating the thinner hair and I'm into it, you know. They said, enjoy this time playing a middle-aged woman. You're not going to get to do this later. Like, we're not going to get to middle age. You know, we're going to, I think on other 
Um, but also you can if you want to. Like, won't yeah, you still have I mean, that skin would... package if you want to role play as a 42-year-old or a 48-year-old? They said no, which was weird, and I've read something. We, go, we actually go beyond them, though. Yeah, that's true. They're they're not they're not beyond you. They are in this thing, but like the the true you is a much higher on the totem pole. Yeah, than, than I wonder if it's just because we lose skin. Like, I wonder if we just end up with like a different uh uh like skin stops being a thing. It could, but like, also like any any form. Like as we evolve, like the decision space increases. So it's not going to be like, well, we're evolved, but. Oh man, we can't get to be those things anymore. No, then that's not being more evolved. Like true evolution involves more decision space and being able to kind of like a like a rich person can go pretend to be a poor person. A poor person cannot go pretend, pretend to, be, to a be a rich person. person. You can't go on first class, but a rich person can pay to be on a deserted island and just hunt twigs and berries and stuff yeah. like that. They can role play that and going higher up, you're going to be able to indulge in that but but this is playing telephone here so i don't know what you're remembering from their message at the time i was like obsessing because i just knew that i was never going to age because i was like 22 when they told me we wouldn't age and i didn't if you look at pictures of me at 30 and 39 i didn't you can't tell a difference uh weight massive weight fluctuations but then when i was 39 i was watching veep and there's a part where a plastic surgeon grabs Julia Louis-Dreyfus's face and pushes it forward and is like, this is what you look like when you get old. And I went into the bathroom and I pushed my face forward. And in that moment, I felt myself accept the program of aging and everything changed. I almost immediately started aging. My joints got weird. Like before that, I had no oh, damn. symptoms of aging. Shouldn't have watched that episode. It, it was like no, a decision no, that you. I made, and I thought back to like um, the story of Adam and Eve in the uh, garden, which is really two people accepting to experience a program yeah. where it's like you eat this fruit, you eat from the knowledge of life and death. So it's like, are you ready to start the 3D fear-based reality? And they're like, okay, ready. And then all of a sudden they experience shame because shame didn't exist before they decided to play this game. And I felt it happen. Like the moment I did it, I was like, oh, fuck. And so now I've just, it's been me versus this. And anytime, just like you were talking about, you've tried to fight that. It just comes on harder because now I'm focusing on it. I'm focusing on the thing I don't want. And so this was in that message where they were like, just fucking have fun. You're not going to get to do it. You know, so I don't think it was like you'll never be able to do it. But I think as we go up, I'll obviously probably not want to do it. But as we go up into these higher levels where we become more one, there is kind of less access to 3D, right? Yeah. There is kind of less access to death and decay, don't you think? I think what they what they mean is... You'll never be able to see that movie the first time ever again. You can yeah. watch that movie again, but you've seen it already. So yeah. you can't have your first LSD trip ever again. You can't yeah. have your first, uh, uh, I don't know, other first time experience ever again. Yeah. So the 42-year-old one also, uh, as you relive it, you're going to know behind that that you don't have to be it. Thus, it won't have the same... Effect. effect, yeah. Because it is an interesting life experience to become someone getting older and watching your body change. I think most people were doing this their whole 30s, and I just didn't. No hairs turned gray, no wrinkles, no... Um, 
no aches and pains. You know, I hear like people in their 20s now bitching about their back and stuff. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, I had no teeth, but like, and my eyes are fucked up, but I stared at the sun. Um, How bad are they now? You've, you've said several times, not this episode, but in the other one, to never stare at the sun. You know what? It's a weird thing. I really think the reason I can see energy the way that I see, I can see the grid work so easy and I can see ghosts and whatever, which I don't, it sucks, is because- You see my, them now? Like this moment? No. But if I want to, yeah. Like if I intend to like let that come in, I don't enjoy that. And it seems like the more I perceive them, they get a little space invady. Mm. And so I prefer to ignore them because it's almost- like looking them straight on almost communicates with them. And then they are like, I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy mediumship at all. I, poor boundaries. I don't know. I just don't, I don't enjoy ghosts mm. at all. So I, they don't scare me or whatever. I've had one try to scare me, but for the most part, I just don't want to. I feel like the reason I can see all that stuff is because my macula is damaged because I'm not seeing super fine 3D details um, it's not bad, though, because, like, every time I try to get some type of contact lenses or glasses, my brain can put together the information of what's in front of me. But so right now, like, the the if I'm looking into your eyes, probably just the black part of your eyes is covered by the blind spots. But probably the fine detail of what's actually happening is way less fine. But I, it's been so long that I don't remember how detailed things could be. That's cool. You're like Daredevil in a way that you yeah. lost a lot of your uh, <laughs> yeah. thing, but that gave you a superpower in the other direction. But it was a weird uh, semi-conspiracy theory, but I do think that there was probably a reason why I was supposed to do it, where I just I felt like if I stared at it long enough, I would see behind it. Oh, behind the sun. Mm -hmm. It did look like a hole. Yeah, that's another uh, rabbit hole you can go down where the only thing that exists, is, we live in a black hole. The only thing that exists is black holes. Like the proton at its fundamental level is a black hole. And this isn't even woo-woo stuff. This is like people like Stanford professors like have reluctantly admit to it when students ask like, well, technically there is no difference between a black hole and a uh, a proton. It's just kind of our our semantics, but their their behavior is the same. And there's a supposedly a black hole at the center of you know the well there is at the center of the galaxy. But then also the the sun is a is a black hole, and it doesn't just suck stuff in. It it also radiates stuff out. There's stuff. Uh, but but is there also, a possibility that we live inside of something and there is a hole and it's bright on the other side of the hole? Yeah. Okay. Because that's what. It's toroidal, and yeah. the, the dynamic of it's the same with electromagnetism, uh, like poles exist because there's spin, and spins generate upward flow and downward flow, which then circles back in, and it's the whole cycle of life and death and and positive, negative, and if any of this sounds crazy, just look up, uh, I don't know, just look up the diagrams of yeah. it. Like, it's all, <laughs> like, you see the parallels between the toroidal and um, sun and earth and so this was the thing that i was trying to see i instinctively felt like the sun isn't a ball of no it's a hole that's a hole and if i stare at it long enough i'll be able to see that it's a hole and it did look like a hole like as i was going blind but i was like they don't want us to look at it because it's a, there's a, there's something that we'll figure out that that 
uh, blows the lid off of this whole thing. Yeah, and there's uh, something to it. Yeah, and then I assumed that then I wouldn't go blind, and but like it's both, I guess. But considering I stared at it for hours and hours and hours, twice, and I didn't go. I went blind, but then my vision came back 100 percent the first time. There's yogis that do it all day and follow it with their their head and don't go blind, and that's like a real phenomenon. But yeah. they they tap into some other level of consciousness where they're not taking in the the. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how it works. Works, and also it's. It's all a simulation anyway. So once we start breaking down to like, oh, it's a sun, it's a hole. It's like, well, slow down. It's all it's all a consciousness, and it's a one field. So now working with that, of course, it could be a hole. Of course, it doesn't. And it could also be a ball of fire burning, uh, you know, hydrogen and outputting helium or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I think it's everything on one timeline somewhere, and it doesn't matter. And I don't. I I stared at the sun for all of us, so nobody else stared. (laughs) Thank you for doing that. I do have to go edit a podcast. I'm going to uh, wrap this up. Tell everybody one more time where they can find you. You can find me at RameenNazer.com or RainbowBrainSkull.com. And I'm most active social media-wise at the moment on Instagram. But it's all the same anyway. Like People all post the same things across the the platforms. But that's where you can find me. And uh, the podcast is called Rainbow Brain Skull. And thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. This is fantastic. If you want to get a reading, you can book that on jessareed.com. Some people are asking. The way that that works is you book it online. I will call you. If you live in the UK or something, we have to do it on Instagram. But if you live in the continental U.S., Uh, Mexico, Canada. I will call you. We'll do the reading over the phone. And then I will send you pictures of everything that we go through. A 30 minute will be a pretty condensed quick thing. If you want to get more into talking about this kind of stuff a little bit, get a more extended reading. It's an hour. Um, you can find me, Jessa Reed Comedy, on Twitter or Instagram. I am on Facebook, but what's the fucking point? <laughs> and you can find this podcast, Soberish Pod, on Twitter and Instagram, not Soberish Podcast. Those are people who should give me their handle. Uh, thank you, Brian, for sitting here for an hour and thank 40 you, minutes. And for forgiving me for forgetting to bring your task cam with me. Oh, I forgot about that. It's a what? pleasure. We also just got a Facebook this week, too. Oh, yeah. And there's a Facebook group. Yeah. So definitely, if you want to talk about this dumb shit, please go to the so- Soberish Facebook group. Um, not the Mormon and the Meth Head one. Oh, yeah. And then I have another podcast. If you don't already listen to Mormon and the Meth Head, go to Mormon and the Meth Head and start at the beginning. It's a journey. Is that everything else? All right. Thank you very much for coming in. I'm so excited about this episode. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. 